Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Welcome, everybody. Yeah. This is Punch Drunk <laughs> Critics Live, and John, is that you? <laughs> I, I didn't know right. I was sure who, who wanted the intro, because uh, no, for the it, second week in a row, I was Mario Andretti uh, trying to get back to the house in time for the show starts. <laughs> and I, I, I was here on time. I would have made it on time, but uh, I had to go back out because you were already hosted. So uh, yeah, you, you screwed it up. It's your fault. I, oh, yeah, of course. It was it was my fault, of course. I, I'm always the... <laughs> I'm always the the booty end of the stick when it comes to this partnership. Uh, welcome everybody to Punch Drunk Critics Live, and I'm Travis, and that is John, of course. And uh, well, what we got going on for this week's show? This week's show is kind of a kind of a a, a, a short one. This this one should be pretty laid back. Uh, we really only have one big movie to review this week, and that is of course uh, Green Lantern, which is a Indeed. superhero. Yes, the big superhero movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively and Mark Strong, based on the DC Comics character that uh, most people are familiar with. But uh, I think there's some recognition problems, which we'll get into when we get around to the uh, the, the box office. And John, your uh, your sound is really really weird right now. I, I haven't said anything. No, but it sounds like you're in a wind tunnel. <laughs> it's not even a wind tunnel. Yeah. Um, it's strange. All right. Um, well, I'm gonna drop out. Come back. Okay. All right, and John will be back in in two seconds. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna be talking about Green Lantern, and I'm going to um, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes talking about two other movies that I saw in the last couple of weeks. One is The Art of Getting By, which is a film, a small little indie film, um, starring Freddie Highmore. Who is much older now? He's no longer that that little kid from. Uh... There you go. Is that no... uh, a little bit. He's no longer that 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 little kid from uh, from Finding Neverland and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, it's him and Emma Roberts in this film, and it's and then there's another one that's Beautiful Boy, sorry Maria Bello and uh, Michael Sheen. I won't be talking about either one of those films very long, but maybe just for just a minute. Uh, how are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Um, just uh, apparently, my sister's one of those people that changes clocks, and I didn't look at my cell phone. Now I know she's never late. Uh, apparently, she puts everything like a half hour behind or ahead, whichever way it is. So my uh, intention <laughs> to get home early and be ready turned into me not being here on time. Um, <laughs> other than that, I, I, I broke another record this week with being the first person in the history of the world to work in IT and injure themselves on the job while at a computer sitting there. You're an idiot. Um, How the hell do you do that? I 
apparently your funny bone is, is an actual thing. There's a nerve there. And uh, I sit with my elbow on the desk, and, and I was working a real long day, and I was just sitting at the computer showing my uh, the amazing amount of sloth that is in my life, sitting down in a chair so long that I damaged a nerve in my arm, and now I can't feel half my hand. <laughs> That is my bad. life. These are the things that happen to do, me. Do you get workman's comp for something like that, or or do you just get a dunce cap or something like that that they put on I, your I, head? I, I, I think I probably could, but I'm just too embarrassed to ask. So I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to let go and suffer in silence. Yeah, um, probably a good idea. Yeah, so... Probably a good that, idea. Um, it, it's, everything's going pretty good. It's just, uh, it's, as I was telling you this the other week, it's, it's weird for us... Um, like, because we kind of, it's kind of like the opposite flow of busyness for us and the, uh, you know, casual movie goer. Like, right now, they're getting obliterated with uh, marketing and movies are coming out left and right and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But for us, the busy season is like October through January, or, you know, right. January 1st, where we, we have like seven screenings uh, a week, <laughs> literally. Right. And uh, yeah. now the, all it is blockbuster, so we only have to see like one movie a week, which is pretty, it's pretty nice little break. In there, it's it's beautiful. I mean, I love this time of year. Uh, the end of the year is just so damn hectic. The the award season is just too crazy. I don't know how long I can put up with that. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, it's just too tough. But right now, well, there's I too mean, many movies too. I mean, it's just too for, many. for everything that you hear, for everything that people hear about for the Oscars, they send seven movies out to be considered. You know, so of the you know the ten best picture nominees. We get ten times that that we're expected to watch. Not that we watch them all, but you know, and and a lot of them are nowhere near Oscar caliber. <laughs> so right, you're right. It, 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 yeah, that's, that's how it part. gets. I mean, they have a million screenings, and then they have, and then they send you screeners of movies that you know you might have missed. And it's like, how the hell could I have missed it? You screened it like a million times for us, but it's just. You know, it's just one of those things. It just gets really busy right now. Though is the is the the easy season because uh, nobody wants to compete against big blockbusters. And that was really the case this week uh, with Green Lantern, which uh, I guess we should go ahead and jump on into. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, yeah, well, while the uh, end of the year is the more uh, physically taxing, as, as, as physically taxing as reviewing movies can be, um, but this, this part of the year is the more emotionally taxing. You get vested in these movies that are coming out. Um, and, I, and I'm actually not even being sarcastic when I say emotionally vested with us super nerds get so uh, excited for movies that we are physically depressed when they're not good. That's a good segue <laughs> to Green Lantern. Um, the latest DC Comics uh, blockbuster mega motion picture that's come out. Um, Green Lantern, we actually were supposed to do a one-on-one show, but um, I, after, after seeing the movie, I, I kind of you know, wasn't psyched about it, not because of the movie, but because they, one of the problems with the movie is they over-explain everything. So I didn't want to add to that and, and you know, all that. So yeah. we had, yeah. but just to give you some background, the Green Lanterns are um, the galaxy's policemen, basically. They, there's one Green Lantern to each sector of the universe, and they're all, um, you know, oversaw by these uh, genius uh, Oompa Loompas that are blue um, that live on the planet. <laughs> the, gar- the Guardians. Yeah, the Guardians. The Guardians, yes. Um, and basically uh, this this – cocky test pilot named Hal Jordan, played by Ryan Reynolds in this um, masterpiece of a film. Um, it is, happens upon a fallen Green Lantern, a Green Lantern that was injured and killed, and what happens when a Green Lantern dies is the ring that he wears that gives him his power finds the next person 
that's worthy to wear the ring. Um, that person happens to be Hal Jordan. Uh, so he becomes the Green Lantern. He's brought into this um, world of galaxy protecting uh, and kind of has to come. He's a guy with no responsibility, no care, and a lot of balls, and he has to come into the fact that he is now a protector of planets. So, and sadly, that 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 uh, summary gives it more gravity than the entire movie. Well, yeah, there's also this. There's also the bit with um, the Green Lantern Corps' greatest enemy uh, being known as Parallax, uh, whereas the Green Lanterns are are powered by the the green energy from the willpower of all beings in the universe. Parallax gets his energy from fear and and John you sound like your your just phone's really sounding weird right now. Uh, I don't know. What the hell is going on with it? Um, I don't know. Alright, well, we'll talk about the, it, talk, so, talk about the yellow fear and I'll be right back. Okay. Well uh yeah so P- Parallax is driven by uh, driven by fear which that that color's energy is yellow so they're basically the polar opposite. Um Parallax has been raging through the universe destroying everything in its path and it's up to the Green Lanterns to stop to stop him, of course. Uh, and of course, that all that responsibility falls on Hal Jordan. Uh, it, what else happens is on Earth is that uh, the being that that died that gave Green Lantern his powers, he's, he's taken in by the government uh, and experimented on, and a little bit of fear energy that was buried deep within him infects a scientist named Hector Hammond, uh, played by Peter Sarsgaard. And it mutates him into a super-powered being, and basically he proceeds to cause some more havoc on Earth. Uh, so that is Hector Hammond, and that's basically the plot of Green Lantern in a nutshell, although the opening at the very beginning makes it far more complicated than it needs to. Uh, that is one of the biggest problems with this movie, is that it really gets off to a slow start. Um, the opening, like I said, the introduction to the Green Lantern Corps is very... Uh, leaden, I guess is the word I would use to describe it. Thanks. Welcome back. And uh, um, right, if, if it doesn't work this time, I reset everything. So if it doesn't work this time, I'll just call it for myself. Yeah, <laughs> it sounded like you had a, a like snow in the background. You know, like the TV snow. It was just sounding really, really weird. But uh, uh, but anyway, I just finished describing what. Again, <laughs> I just finished describing what was, and I just got a text from somebody saying that you were sounding really weird too. Uh, so I don't know what's just going pile on. Pile on, everybody! Pile on, yeah. So I just finished describing <laughs> everything that happens on Earth uh, with Hector Hammond and all that stuff. Uh, there's also mm-hmm. the the subplot between uh, between Hal Jordan and uh, and Carol Ferris, who is his best friend slash lover slash boss. Uh, mm-hmm. She's played by Blake Lively, um, and there's some, you know, there's some stuff going on there. She thinks he should be more responsible. He doesn't seem to realize there's a problem, and that's basically the movie in a nutshell. Uh, Green Lantern is a film that I have been very wary of from the beginning. Uh, yeah. I have not expected it to be. I did not expect it to be as good as the other superhero movies coming out this year, Thor or X Men First Class. And you know the initial marketing for it was very very poor. It was it was it was not good at all. But, yeah, uh, well, I've been telling you since day better. one. This is it. It got a little bit better, but this to, to me, I mean, and for me to say this is, is a big thing because Green Lantern is, is always one of my favorites. So of course I'd want to see him on screen, but I was I had to be realistic from, with myself from the start. And he's just one of those guys that's not going to translate well. Um, you know, and, and 
it can that 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 can be changed. Like I, I thought the same thing about Thor, and they actually did you know obviously did a good job on that, but right. they completely screwed the pooch with Green Lantern in every place that they every like crutch point that they had to hit right or else it was going to look stupid. They went the other way on it and they just said let's make it look as stupid as possible. Um, it the, starts. The, 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 it starts really from the it's, it starts really from the ground up, and that's the the special effects on this movie, which this by all accounts this movie costs upwards of two hundred million dollars to as high as three hundred million dollars, with at right. least half of that going to special effects. They even added on about an extra ten million dollars at the end to touch up the special effects, and yet the special the the way this movie looked to me was extremely cheap. Uh, yeah. It did not. It did not look like a high quality film. Uh, the aliens that we saw, in particular, uh, Kilowog, uh, voiced by Michael Clark Duncan, who's sort of the drill sergeant of the Green Lantern Corps, and Tomar Ray, who's voiced by Jeffrey Rush, who's sort of like <laughs> he's sort of like a the Jiminy Cricket of the uh, of the, uh, of the Green Lantern Corps. Right. He was, he's a, yeah. He's like a part chicken, part fish creature. They look fine when they're standing still, but when they move, they look very cheap, very blocky. Very stilted. It just doesn't look right. And this movie has a lot of effects like that that just don't that just are not up to par. Yeah, we, we were we were kind of uh, in in a slight disagreement on that because I mean I I thought some of it like I, I I remember you saying that you didn't like any of it and and to me it seemed like it seemed like for uh, you know they the studio paid the hundred million bucks to, to the uh, effects guys and then they started working on it got bored and gave it to their interns to finish it up. Um, there were certain things that looked really awesome, like the the planet shots and you know his suit, which I thought I was gonna hate. I actually liked, and uh, but then like the the better than me. shots, yeah, hey, better the than me. Shots look horrible. Uh-huh. I mean, cer- certain things look absolutely horrible, and 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 then with with characters like you're talking about in, in this universe, and this kind of dwells into what I was talking about about some comics can't go to the big screen. Uh, in this universe, it's basically you know you have superheroes that. Don't look like superheroes because the Happy Green Lanterns are weird. You know, think of um, think of a how am I forgetting a Star Wars reference now? Uh, think of the uh, Cantina. Cantina. You know that it's yeah. It's put, throw Green Lantern suits on every song in Cantina, and that's like the Green Lantern Corps. Um, you know, they, they're all different looking aliens and everything like that. And it's kind of hard to take seriously when you got a chicken fish in a superhero outfit who looks like a cartoon. Like if if, if it's like Fallborn Leghorn became a superhero and got a little skinnier. I don't mind that that the aliens all look strange. I mean, that's not that big of a deal to me. It's just no strange isn't bad, but the effects were bad. So when the effects right, were bad, okay. they look less believable. Right. Um, no, I I agree. I, I, the thing that that bothered me most is look, Green Lantern in particular in in general is not that mm-hmm. is not that uh, unique of a character. But mm-hmm. the thing that makes him stand out amongst all these other superhero movies that we're going to see this year is the fact that his, the majority of his adventures take place in outer space. You know, he, he can he can kind of go between either way. He can be either on Earth or outer space. But his most fantastic adventures take place in outer space. And we don't right. get to see a heck of a lot of that. And then when we do, it's on Oa. And when it's on Oa, it looks it looks cheap to me. I mean, it just, Oa looks like a big rock with a million people standing on it. And that's all it is. It doesn't look yeah. like anything. It doesn't look, like, you, you, you can't help but compare it to a movie like Thor, which neither one of them are very intelligent movies, but this one makes Thor look like Inception. It's so dumb. I mean, it's just yeah. there's just there's just nothing that stands out about it. And the fact that Oa 
looks so bland to me, and it, it looks it looks unimaginative. Is probably the worst word I can think of for it. It looks unimaginative. It looks like a Grateful Dead concert with aliens in the Grand Canyon. Is basically what it looks. I mean, and every time like there's there's hundreds of Green Lanterns standing around, and for some reason, the two scenes we get them in both end in them shooting their rings up in the air, and that's something that you know that, that's done in the comics. I get that, but they because it, you see so little of them, and the only time you see them, they're shooting their rings in the air. It, it's it's like you know when people wave their lighters at a concert you know because somebody's out there yelling to them. It, like, it just kind of made me wonder what the hell they were all doing. I mean, they're they're in te- they're uh, protecting the entire universe, but they're really all just standing around on Oa. We never actually see them off doing anything, and I'm sure they'll save that for the later movies. But it's something that drew my attention in this movie, which is a uh, which is not a good thing. Uh, but, that, right. but that could that could be because the rest of the movie is so shoddy. I didn't like anything that happened on Earth, uh, except for Blake Lively. I thought she was really strong. Uh, the stuff with Hector Hammond was just really campy to me. It did not yeah, it did it, not have the desired effect. It felt it felt real, really Howard the Duckish to me. Um, and uh, you know, it's the the thing the the problem with this movie that I'm realizing now is that it, it's there's two movies in one. There's two parts of two movies in one. And what they really should have done is they should have just, and I know they'll never do this because they got to have their love story, they got to have their, and they got to have people that that moviegoers can relate to. So they don't want to show you aliens all the time. But you know what? It's a sci-fi movie. Get Deal with it. Um, they should have, it should have just been, he goes off to Oa, he's there, and they're preparing for Parallax, and they're doing all this stuff, and that entire thing is space. And then, then he comes home in, at the end or in the second movie, and you can have his love story and all that stuff then. I, I think they screwed the up by having. Uh huh. Go ahead. Because of the way they did it, not only did did it seem like it wasn't any parts of a complete movie, but it made the what's supposed to be the fiercest villain in the galaxy come off like a bitch in the end. Uh, that was just, exactly the point I was about to go to next. I think they it, screwed it, it up. Ridiculous. They screwed up by that. They screwed up by having Parallax be the first villain. Uh, Parallax is basically the antithesis of everything the Green Lanterns stand for. You don't start off the franchise, especially one that has a script as, uh, I want to say, derivative as this one is. There's just there's nothing special about the confrontation between the Green Lanterns and Parallax. You save him for last. You save yeah. him for last. You come up with somebody else. If you have to, make Hector Hammond the villain on Earth or something. You know, or, or use a different character entirely. Green Lantern has a ton of villains he could have used that could have been that would have been more effective than this. But you what don't they, start off did, with Parallax. What they did was tantamount to the Batman series using Joker instead of Carmine Falcone in the first movie. You know, right. it, where he, 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 he's, he's just training ground. He's supposed to be the yeah. And and it, it does the other thing that I always hate these, that some of these origin movies do is um, and this this is another place that Batman begins shines is, is that Bruce Wayne doesn't get his ass beat throughout the movie and then magically has has skills later. He's always a good fighter and he he comes against obstacles, but it's believable, you know, at the end. In, in this movie, and in so many movies like it, the, the hero, because they want to show him learning and they want to show that he, he doesn't have it right off the bat, he gets his ass beat against the wall the whole time, and then at the end of the movie, he just magically can defeat the hardest person in the world. All right. Uh, we got I a mean, caller in here, so let's uh, let's call it, go to our caller and see and see what they think of. Hopefully uh, their line is clearer than mine. <laughs> uh, you're on with the Punch Drunk Critics. Who's this? Uh, this is Tim Gordon. Oh God! What's up, man? <laughs> were, were you were you wonderful people just talking about Green Lantern? 
we were. This is our <laughs> this is our friend Tim Gordon from Keeping It Real with Film Gordon and uh, FilmGordon.com. What's up, man? Man, I just got out of the movies about an hour ago. I went to see uh, <laughs> the cream of the crop of all the summer comic films this weekend, which is a film you're not talking about right now. But I bring that up to draw a stark, a stark contrast to a movie that I thought um, had lots of great special effects, but you know, no story development. Um, it's just, I don't know. It just did not work for me. I mean, I, I, I told somebody tonight I saw that the Green Lantern was probably a C plus, but after thinking about it some more, um, there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff that's missing from that film, and especially when you yes. see a film as superior as X Men First Class, which is yes. an amazing film, amazing film. Exactly. Uh, now, Mac, but, yeah. you, you said you dug the special effects, like like you like you thought you, you thought it was good and everything. Well, I thought I thought that the way they were used in the story, for the most part, because again, I'm not I didn't read the comic book, so I had a conversation mm-hmm. with some folks who read the comic book. Um, I said going in as a novice, not knowing anything about the story, I thought that at least the the special effects were much better executed than in, in Thor, which I really didn't like. The the dual storyline stuff in Asgard, I thought was just too over the top. The stuff on Earth, I thought was really boring. So I think if you kind of like even that out, but I thought mm-hmm. the Green Lantern did a better job. Um, you know, with the special effects and the, some of the stuff that they had Ryan Reynolds doing in the film. I just didn't like the story, and I just thought that it came together too neat and without enough story development to kind of, you know, guide you through. This guy, like, one night he's yeah. on Earth, and then the next night he's up, you know, with, with all these different alien creatures, and then the next morning he wakes back up. I'm like, dude, seriously? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's really not – I mean, this I, I, I compared this movie earlier to Thor – by saying this makes Thor look like Inception, it's so stupid. I mean, and Thor is not a brainy movie by any means, but it's far more better structured and better and better written than Green Lantern is by far. I mean, it's just it's not even close. But one of the complaints I heard about Green Lantern is that um, is that Ryan Reynolds' character doesn't do a lot with his newfound powers. Like, I mean, he uses pretty basic stuff. Like, he keeps making guns and stuff like that to use to use his power. But Let me jump in I, right there, Travis. That's, that's what I'm trying to get the whole time. I, yeah. uh, I, and I'm sorry, well, I don't want to interrupt you, but well, his, well, that was my biggest me, problem. But, well, let me finish my thought on it real quick then, and then right. you can jump in. But I, I don't mind that so much because it's his first time using these powers. Like he's just, he's still new to it. He doesn't, and it takes it takes more like mental energy to create something intricate than it does to create something simple like a bat or a gun. You know, so that that makes sense to me. If he start, it should be in the later films, like in the next one and in the third one, where he starts making more elaborate things to use his powers for. But go ahead. Right, but I mean, even even from there, like that's you know, that was my biggest fear with this movie is you got a guy who has a ring that does anything he wants. He he, he uh, imagines in his head that can go really bad, and I, I saw that realized when he makes his coming his coming out as Green Lantern at the at the uh, little. Uh, Political ball. I, I don't even care if I spoil it, but he, he literally the, the helicopter fall a helicopter falling out of the air. And he creates like a children's racetrack instead of just creating a net. I thought that was kind of cool, actually. I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, that was the stupidest thing I had ever seen. That, that he but, but okay, a big elaborate you, racetrack. Okay, but you also have I to got remember the who, with nephew, you, yeah. have, you have to remember who he is too. It's Hal Jordan. He thinks in airplanes and and really fast things. 
That's how he thinks. He thinks racetracks. He doesn't think nets. That's just how he is. I, I mean, I, I, I just it, it, even if that's fine, we want to get the psychology of it. It looks stupid on screen. I mean, it, it, it looks ridiculous. I thought that was one of the cooler parts. I had no problem with the way the power looks, like the energy. I actually thought that stuff looked okay. It's just it's it's everything else around him. I thought the suit didn't look good. Uh, it, it makes me even more worried for the, all the rumors about there being a the Superman suit being in C, being in CGI. I, I that yeah, makes no me, that, that worries me too. So uh, I'm worried about that stuff. Tim, uh, what what else do you have to think about Green Lantern, man? Well, man, I, not much, man. I mean, I watched it. Um, I kept I kept waiting for something. I kept waiting for development. But like I said, you know, as a guy who is strictly a novice at this, and you know, I I, I see to you and folks like Dal Lockhart, who you know, at black box office, who who really watch lots of these films. I just watch them and take them at face value. Um, yeah. Like I said, I saw X Men First Class again for the second time. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that the story structure and how they put that thing together, the intricacies of the relationship between uh, Charles and Xavier, you know, how how we get a sneak peek at some of, you know, the early origins of some of the characters. I just thought yeah. that Brian Singer and his team did an amazing, masterful job. And did you contrast that, which with the Green Lantern is not necessarily an origin film, but then again it is, because this is the, the film that really kind of introduces the characters, the audiences who really have no clue of who Hal Jordan is or, you know, his right. backstory. And I thought that they failed miserably in putting together a, a backstory that actually made some sense and was worth it. I just thought, you know, I, it, it squandered a lot of its, 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 colla- I mean, its capital for me. And I just didn't like it at all, man. No, it I, was I not. I just said that because that just reminded me of, of my final complaint about the movie was that, it, it, you know, they needed to explain who this guy was, and it's a complicated world, but the least complicated thing about Green Lantern, period, is what what it takes to become a Green Lantern. You basically, it's, it's an early 90s t-shirt, no fear. You know, you just, as long as you're fearless, that's, that's the main, you know, quality to look for. And they could have done that in one line. However, they chose to do that in about 78 lines in about 40 different scenes over and over again, this, letting you know, I get it, you're not scared. Okay, this, move this on. Goes this goes to my to my final point, and I, I I I talked about this. I wrote about this in my review of it on uh, on Friday. This is my biggest problem with Green Lantern that I've always had, whether it's the comics, and I've seen it reflected in the movie. Now, there's nothing special about what makes him a Green Lantern. So what? Mm-hmm. He can overcome his fears. He has willpower. That's something that every superhero has. Superman yeah. has that. Batman has that. The kids in X-Men First Class have that. There's nothing special about that. I mean, saying that this guy, uh, you know, he, he's fearless, which isn't even really the requirement. The requirement is being able to overcome your fears. It's just, it, that stuff is not unique. It's not unique for any superhero. So whenever they use that, and this movie uses it ad nauseum, they use it over and over again talking about it, that doesn't do anything for me. they got to come up with something else that makes Green Lantern stand out. Like the X-Men... Yeah. The X-Men are an allegory for racism and prejudice and all this stuff. We know what they're about. Green Lantern needs something like that to make him useful and worthwhile and, and relevant to being on the big screen. And they were not able to get that across in this movie. That is my biggest problem with it. Uh, that's I, why I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, Travis. I think, you know, I'm stumbling for words to explain it, but that really is it in a nutshell because if you think about – you know, the best of these films. You know, we talk about the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight, 
Uh, you know, this story is kind of like a crime thriller that just happens to have superheroes in it. You right. talk about Spider-Man 2, where, you know, Peter Parker has overcome some stuff, but it has this amazing emotional arc that's in the film that really brings it home and sells it. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Iron Man film where you watch, you know, Tony Stark, you know, this, this cocky, arrogant guy, use his intelligence, try and fail several times before he nails it and gets it down. I think that's what I'm talking about when I talk about yep. story development. you got to show me more than a dude with a sexy suit and some superpowers. You know, you got to show me an arc and evolution. you got to start someplace. And and I know we're gonna where we're gonna end up at, but along the way you got to show me something that 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 reeks of originality, story exactly. development, some some emotional aspect to the film that makes me go, wow, that Hal Jordan is pretty special. Instead of looking at him as like a, a 2011 Tom Cruise Maverick in Top Gun <laughs> for the first 20 25 minutes, I was like, I've seen this before. Exactly. Well, at least, at least Mavericks, you know, stood for something. This, this guy, the, the other problem I have with it is, is, you know, mirroring the comics or not, for the screen, they they, they really should have made him, I felt, um, more of a righteous person, like like a more of a, a stand-up human being. I mean, he's kind of a douchebag with, uh, with, with some flying skills. And it, it makes you not like the character as much. Yeah, you laugh at some of his jokes, but in the day, he's still not somebody you'd, you'd want to, you know, hang around with. And he, he just, it, it, it's there's so much crap that's wrong with this movie. I, there, it, 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 it's not jump the hex, but it's it's definitely not something that I would pay money to see. Right. I I ultimately gave this uh, a two out of five. I was not digging it from start to finish. Uh, I hope this isn't and we we I hope this isn't the, a big uh, stumbling block for superhero movies because I do have high hopes for Captain America coming up. But when uh, movies like this when out. movies like this come out. And you have people who aren't necessarily superhero or comic book movie fans, and they see one that really stinks to join up like this one does. It has a it has a ripple effect on the entire genre. So I hope that it doesn't do that to Captain America. Uh, so that's well, my, I think, that's I my think if anything, I, was, no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say if that's anything, fine. I don't think it'll have uh, a detrimental effect on superhero films. I just think it'll be a detrimental effect on some of the lower, the lesser characters. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that people aren't really familiar with and introducing those characters instead of going with the stable of the Batman, Spider-Man, Superman, you know, all of the ones that people know. Right. I agree with that. John? Yeah, I mean, i I, I got to give it a flat two out of five. Um, just because, I mean, it is, if you squint, it is kind of fun to look at. Um, it's but And the one good thing I will say for it, what it does get a point, is in in the comics, and I keep I know it's just saying on something, but in the comics, the, the the whole thing we kind of glanced over about the Green Lanterns being green stands for you know green's the color of will and yellow is the color of fear. Well, mm-hmm. in the movie, they they actually make it sound uh, like like reasonable, but in the comics, it always came up to me as we're the Green Lanterns, our only weakness is yellow. <laughs> you know, just like it was basically yeah. a color thing. Yeah, that's how it was. That's how it was mm. for a long time. I mean, uh, in the, back in the Golden Age and in in part of the Silver Age, the uh, you could literally paint something yellow and kick Green Lantern's ass. I mean, that's the way it was. Yeah, which I was uh, they, they, they 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 were smart enough to change that. Uh, you know, and like I think around the seventies and eighties, they finally changed that. But uh, but yeah, for a long time, that's how it was. I mean, I, I remember I remember the comics where he would get his butt kicked just because somebody painted something yellow or painted himself in yellow. And yeah. <laughs> he couldn't hurt him, you know. And it's just ridiculous when you think about it. But 
You know, that's one of those things Green Lantern has to overcome is getting over some of the cheese factor involved with his character. But uh, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think necessarily did it this time. Uh, now, now is the time of punch card case with, the, with with these especially polarizing movies that are either really, really good, we can't understand why anybody doesn't like them, or so bad that we can't understand why anybody would like them. Then we go to Rotten Tomatoes and just read out one of the other ones. Uh, Glenn Lovell of Cinema Dope says, "A shame this fantasy adventure arrives in a summer swamp by superheroes." It's the best of the batch so far, but it's in danger of being snubbed by the scene one, scene them all contingent. Glenn yeah. Lovell, enjoy the paycheck you got for that review, buddy. Well, you know, uh, we have I have we have some colleagues here in DC uh, who think this is a, a fantastic film, and and they're welcome to their opinions, and I've read their opinions, and uh, you know that's you know I'm not going to knock them for it, so I'm not going to get on somebody for liking a movie. Uh, they just need to be able to explain why, and that's fine with me. Uh, Tim, you're going to be on with us next week for the uh, the See, best of the year so far. Look so like right. a dick. It's not as funny. I didn't make you look like a dick. I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't, do. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go down that. I don't want to go down that path of knocking somebody for having different opinions than us because you and I have different opinions well, more often. It's than one us. thing if you knock them for different opinions, but when you're making when it's, it's serious <laughs> like this. It's not like it's it's not like it's Armand White and the guy is just a contrarian by nature, you know, or he's being a contrarian on purpose. I don't purpose. understand those big birds. Right. Well, he's uh, like Ar- Tim. You know who Armand? You know who Arm? <laughs> Tim, you know who Armand White is? Yes, I do. Yeah, and you know him. He's he's a contrarian on purpose. He's he, what we, we call a penis head. Yes, <laughs> that is that is the technical term for what for what he is known as in the biz. In the biz. <laughs> Tim, do you stand a line and translate for uh, Travis when he uses those big words so I can understand? Like, like, no, I, I know what I know what he meant with contrarian, and so do you. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know what he He's one of those guys, and he does it on purpose. And that and the reason why I don't like him is because of that. You don't get his honest opinion of anything, which makes me wonder why he's even there. But. <laughs> But whatever, uh, we can discuss our, our our colleagues, our brethren another day. Uh, oh, you know, t- real quick, uh, Mark yeah. Strong was pretty good in this, wasn't he? Mark Strong, Strong is, Mark Strong was pretty good until that terrible post credit sequence. Yeah, I, I actually which, liked that. Everybody, everybody's hating on that. I liked it. Yeah, I, I hated it because I predicted it like months ago that that was how it was going to end, because that was the only way it could end. It was a cheesy ending. I was like, ah. yeah. That, that that's such a major thing that happens right there to just throw it in there at the end and with no real development as to why he's doing it is what is what bugs me about it. That, yeah, that, that, now wait a minute, let me, let me just double check. This this is a DC Comics, am I correct? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. See, Marvel Marvel has the 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 tease factor on lockdown. I mean, DC Comics, no disrespect, let Marvel do that. Marvel does it well, especially with his whole build up to the Avengers. People look forward to these, you know, post-credit, you know, final scene things that they do. And even Fast Five did a great job with the one they had when they're moving mm-hmm. their latest film early this year. So leave that alone. No, no. Well, the, the reason the reason why it's not good is because that what happens in that post-credit sequence should have happened over the course of movie two. It's it's something that should, it's something that should ha- that should take place over time, not just in the last. Final thirty seconds of the movie. Hey, let me just do this right now for no reason. That's something that needs to be built up to. It is a big deal. That's why that I don't seems like, like it. having Anakin Skywalker just uh, you know walk up to Obi Wan Kenobi and be like, "Hey, what's up, dude? I'm gonna go ahead and be dark side now and throw a helmet on and, and try to hit yeah, the lightsaber." Exactly. And it's, it makes it's terrible. 
It, it's just it's just a bad idea. It, they just wasted one entire movie right there, basically. <laughs> in 30 seconds, they blew an entire movie. But, uh, well, at least they were nice uh, enough to put it in the middle of the credits and not make it through the whole thing. Yeah, I know, right? Well, uh, Tim, you're going to be with on, on with us next week for our Best of the Year So Far show, right? Correct, sir. Okay, so it'll be you and uh and our and our good friend we've been trying to get on this show forever, uh, Nell Minow, the movie mom. Uh, so that's going to be an awesome show. It's always my favorite show of the year. Uh, it's where we we break down our top five movies and performances of the year so far at the midway point. Uh, so Tim, uh, we will see you next week, and I will certainly talk to you before then. Yes, you will. And Jay Nolan, your cousin, continues to do amazing work. <laughs> I, I will take credit for him in that uh, in that regard, and also any royalty checks can be sent to me as well. Punchstrongcritics at gmail dot com. Hey, guys, take care, man. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you guys. <laughs> All right, so I'll talk to we'll you soon. Man. All right, people. Bye. Later. Later. <laughs> All right, uh, that's our that's our good buddy Tim Gordon uh, from I don't keeping think it real. Had a bad appearance on our show yet. No, no, he's always a right. He's come on like ten times, and it's always, it's always, uh, it's always uh, choice stuff. Right. Um, uh, you can for, you can listen to his show right here on Blog Talk Radio uh, every Thursday at one p.m. He always has great guests, uh, including the Movie Mob in the last fifteen minutes of his show. His. That's the best part of his show, uh, the Movie Mob in the last fifteen minutes, where uh, where me and a couple of others, and, and and Tim occasionally throws his voice in there. Also, we review the movies of the week. So that's that. Um, yes. <clears throat> so uh, that's Green Lantern. That's the only really big national release this week. Uh, but I did want to talk about, if you don't mind, for a minute about the art of getting by, and uh, and beautiful boy, really fast. You don't mind, do you? Go for it. No. All right. Well, this got to get people their movies. Just as I didn't go see him, doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about him. <laughs> Well, The Art of Getting By uh, is, is from uh, writer-director Gavin Weeson, and it stars Freddie Highmore as a kid named George. Who's, who's this kid who's in high school, and he's he's just kind of skir- skirting by. You know, he's gone all these years in high school and hasn't really done done the work. He's a smart kid. He's just he's just not motivated. Well, basically, he, he gets he gets into a situation where the school year is coming up, and <clears throat> excuse me. He's in a situation, situation where the school year is coming up, and he needs to make up every single uh, every single assignment that he missed for the entire year. Well, during this time, he also runs into a girl, uh, played by Emma Roberts, and they begin to hit it off, and they become friends. And he has a, he's a, has an artistic talent, and he introduces her to his artistic talent, and she kind of introduces him to the popular side of school. No, it didn't. It didn't. It really didn't. He introduces her to his Art, artistic, artistic talent. Artistic <laughs> talent? That doesn't sound dirty. <laughs> well, anyway, basically what the story is, uh, George and uh, the girl, her name is Sally, uh, they kind of try to weave their way through their relationship, try to figure out where each other stands. Uh, he's inexperienced with girls. He doesn't know how to make a move. And she is the type who wants the man to make a move. And, and it's just one of those things where they just kind of play a uh, uh, – games with each other and try to figure each other out. But it's a, it's a it's nice exactly like little, high school. It's a nice it's exactly like high school. It's a nice little coming of age film. There's nothing special about it. I described it as being very by the numbers. I like Freddie Highmore. Uh it, it's it's kind of weird seeing him grown up. Uh he's got to be at least 18 by now or something like that. And uh he's very good here. Uh Emma Roberts is also very strong. I think she's blossoming into a fantastic actress. Um there's this really fantastic nice other stuff too. Love, tri- 
<laughs> love triangle that develops in the middle of the movie that causes a lot of problems. And I think the film works best when it's dealing with that rather than dealing with George and his attempts to just kind of uh, kind of be lazy. Get by? Just yeah, to get by. That stuff doesn't work so well. It kind of loses momentum when it does that. But overall, I do enjoy this film. Uh, it's probably going to be really hard for people to catch. It's playing at very few theaters right now. But I gave it a 3 out of 5. Um, the other movie that I want to talk about really fast is Beautiful Boy, which is a film starring uh, Maria Bello, who I love, and Michael Sheen as a married couple who are dealing with the fact that their son has committed a Columbine Virginia Tech-style massacre at his alma mater. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah this one, I read the synopsis for this one when the screen came out. I was like, oh, that's a feel-good movie of the year. Yeah, it's a happy film. Uh, basically the entire film imagine the film Rabbit Hole from which we saw late last year imagine that uh, amped up to the nth degree it's basically Maria Bello and, and Michael Sheen uh, yelling and screaming at each other for an hour and a half uh, it's a very emotionally raw uh, deep film and it works on a lot of levels I think the performances by Bello and, and, and Sheen are fantastic I can't imagine the emotional depths they have to sink to in order to be able to pull out some of these performances. My mm-hmm. problem, as with a lot of these movies, is that it they devolve into a lot of shouting, but not a lot of actual talking and connecting. There's no, there's nothing that really makes me think that these people are moving forward in any way. And I'm all for movies that are depressing, you know, that they, you know, they they're not, they're not happy films. No, but I mean, there are plenty of movies that are depressing, and this is one of them. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, but but I like to see that there's some forward momentum somewhere in there, and that these people are actually progressing towards something. And I never got that feeling here. It just seemed like they were kind of stuck, and that's one of the things that I had that I had a big problem with. It kind of it kind of yeah. felt like one of those college workshop films, you know, where it's just like right. you know two people talking to each other in a room for an hour, and that, and it, but yeah. with things with things like that, it becomes talking about the subject. But not talking through the subject, which I think is a yeah. which I think is a, a big problem that this movie has. But the performances are so good that I'm going to overlook some of that. I gave it a three out of five. Uh, it's a solid film. If you can go check it out, see it for Sheen and Bello. And my review of this movie for somebody that has not seen it is uh, is, is um, you know that that talking around things instead of through things. I mean, it's kind of the way, and it's kind of the way most people do it, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's the reason <laughs> the half the country ends in divorce and everything like that. But I, I, I will say, I'm very, I was very interested. I still am very interested to see this movie for no other reason than I'm, I'm glad it's finally shining light on some of the most uncared about victims of these tragedy tragedies most of the time, and that's the kids' parents. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Most of the time, you know, everybody's going to say, well, a kid doesn't get that messed up on his own to want to shoot all the school. But, you know, sometimes it, kids can be cruel enough. And the parents, you know, may may not have been the most responsible people, but they certainly didn't deserve what is now going to mar their entire lives as well. Right. And, and not, you know, everybody else that's involved in it, you know, they get comfort from everybody else. The parents get, are like like the soldiers coming back from Vietnam. Everybody hates them. And, right. and they didn't do anything, you know. Right. So no, it's, it's the, cool it's the movie really does. The movie does deal with that, with those subjects and those questions. You know, uh, did we do something wrong? Should we have seen it coming? You know, and they get those reactions from people who don't even know them. You know, they, they get all that stuff. So it, it gets right. a lot of that stuff right. 
I, I just wish they had, they had found a way to communicate it better. I think that's, right, that's the main thing. You know, I, I might be saying that a lot of people don't know how to communicate, but if nothing else, I mean, movies should be sh- setting, you know, not if nothing else, but, you know, they can use, take that opportunity to set an example and, and show people how to communicate. You can show people not communicating and, and make the movie still entertaining. I, I just don't think they found a way to do it this time. So, mm-hmm. so those are the three uh-huh. movies we have this week. Uh, so, uh, what and, do we want to jump into next? The box office? Uh, yeah, before we get to the box office, so people don't think that we're uh, losing our minds, uh, there's one <laughs> omission from this week, and that is Mr. Popper's Penguins. Um, <laughs> I'll go ahead and review it. Haven't even seen it, uh, just like I did the last movie. Uh, if you like Jim Carrey <laughs> and you're a fan of cute little animals, you'll probably like the movie. If not, you probably won't. There you go. <laughs> You know, I, I told a I told a colleague. I think it was our friend Willie Waffle. Uh, I told him that I had my review of Mr. Popper's Penguins written six months ago when I first saw the trailer. <laughs> I already knew what I was going to say about it, but now I haven't even seen it. So I mean, I feel like I probably could still write the review now, but yeah. I won't. I won't do that. I will not do it. No, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one of those challenging things. I could have played it off. Half these movies, you you can you can seriously review without ever having seen. But that yeah. the day you do that is the day that you lose. If, even though we find out the day you lose all your own credibility, lose all credibility. And then there had been like a couple of recent scandals of people doing that, which is mm. <laughs> which I thought was funny. In fact, we were discussing one of those recent scandals when I said I made that comment that I could have re- I could write my Mr. Popper's Penguins review now, and I haven't even seen it. But uh, you know, <laughs> and, so yeah, so there's Mr. Popper's Penguins. I might check it out one day if I have time and, and write a, a quick summary review of it, but uh, I wouldn't hold your breath, to be honest. I would not actually not be surprised if I see it during the week, uh, my wife being a gigantic animal lover and having me put the trailer on three times in the last week. I'm surprised we didn't see it this weekend, to be honest with you. If it wasn't for all the Father's Day hoopla, then uh, we probably would have, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put something up when we finally do see it, if it's that serious to you guys. Uh, if you're listening to the show right now, you've probably got about 15, 20 minutes left. Uh, we're giving away passes to see a screening of Attack the Block uh, out here in D.C. That screening is tomorrow night at 730. Uh, I can't tell you where yet until you actually get the passes. But uh, Attack the Block is one of those movies that has been like just tearing up the festival circuit. Uh, basically, it involves an alien invasion that attacks this London town. And uh, a bunch of street thugs uh, had to band together to defend their own neighborhood. It looks like a well, now you got to clarify there. What? You, even though you already said London, you have to like when you say street thugs, you got to clarify this London street thugs because that's a whole different ballgame. London they, street they, thugs. They sound okay. like yeah, they sound like aristocratic street thugs. Like <laughs> like Tupac in 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 the uh, castle over there. It's crazy. <laughs> like Dizzy Rascal. They know that's that's what they all remind me of. Dizzy Rascal. Right. Uh, Nick Frost from uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, he stars in it. He's basically the only big name in it. Uh, this comes from director and writer Joe Cornish, uh, who I believe worked on uh, Scott Pilgrim and some other stuff, too. Uh, so this is a movie that I'm looking forward to seeing very soon. Uh, so if you have if you have the time tomorrow and you want passes, go to the site, look for the, look for the post. It should be right up there at the top. Free tickets to an advanced screening of Attack the Block. Leave a comment, uh, and I'll send you your tickets your way. Yeah, and and and, and don't don't even uh, you know try to evaluate if you have time. Make the time because this isn't one of those you know indie darling, sad I, I want to hurt myself movies. This is one of those. This is like the Shaun of the Dead type 
uh, indie movies that's actually going to be a lot of fun to watch, even for you know the casual moviegoers not into indie cinema and stuff like that. It's it's good stuff. So well, right. so well, I haven't seen it yet. So but I can from what I've heard, it's good stuff. So make sure you get and, to the site and check that out and sign up, and we'll get your passes. And coming up starting tomorrow, I believe. We'll be giving away passes to see uh, Transformers 3. Autobots. Dark, Dark of the Moon, yes. We will have passes for that. Uh, we don't know how many yet, 10 to 20. I can't remember what it was. Uh, so we will be doing something on the site. So keep an eye out for that, punchdrunkcritics.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter also, our Facebook page, to keep up with it. Uh, everybody wants to see this movie, whether you like Transformers or not. This is going to be the big film of the summer, other than Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on the and thank you for adding that addendum to satisfy my needs. Um, and, and how how mad are you by the end of the show about all the times I ruin your your flow completely just by saying something completely random and stupid? Uh, oh, it happens quite a bit. But I've learned uh, to deal with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad you can learn to deal with it. Anyway, let's jump into the box office really fast. Uh, we got about 45 minutes left, so we spent a lot of time talking about Green Lantern, uh, to be honest. But uh, yeah. let's go ahead and jump into the, the top ten, because we we're going to get another chance to talk about Green Lantern here in a second, because it is number one this week. But its $52.7 million opening is the smallest for all of the superhero movies we've seen so far. Smaller than X-Men and smaller than Thor. Um... I don't know what this says. Now, one of the things that, that's been going on with it is that the movie has been selling more 2D tickets than 3D tickets, which I'm hoping is an indicator of things to come. Uh, the same for, um, is it Transformers or Harry Potter? One of them just went on sale pre-launch. I believe it's Harry Potter. 2D is way up. Yeah, 2D is way up pacing 3D. Uh, just yeah. to interject real quick, um, the $57 million, uh, while it is small for... Uh, um, you know some of the superhero movies we've seen. The average for a uh, a DC movie opening is thirty seven million. So, you know, as far as DC goes, it's all right. Right, but you got to figure most of those movies don't have three D with them. Yeah, and most of the movies don't have nine hundred percent drops in their second week like this one's undoubtedly going to have. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, this one's going to get its butt kicked uh, starting next week. Uh, it's just. You know, we t- we've already you know dis- dissected this movie pretty well. I, I think that I, I don't want to look at this as a referendum on Ryan Reynolds because I don't think it is. Um, I think he's still fine as a, as a leading man, but he's got a couple of other comic book movies coming up really soon, and he's already done three of them. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how that goes for him. Yeah, uh, I, I still yeah. say he drops all this stuff and makes the uh, makes the uh, Night Night Stalkers movie. I wish. No, he doesn't be able to do anything else. I, I wish he would. Uh, number at, coming in at number two is Super Eight. Uh, really kind of bucked the trend by only dropping forty percent from last week. So that one is holding strong. I'm glad to see that one is doing very well. Um, number three is Mr. Popper's Penguins, opening at eighteen point two million dollars. Uh, movie neither one of us could bring ourselves to watch. Uh, you know, I, I in my little comment I wrote that Jim Carrey's star has fallen back to earth. Finally, uh, the guy hasn't had a hit movie since 2003. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, but the, the thing is, though, a lot of the movies he's done since Bruce Almighty in 2003 have been movies that didn't necessarily have him as the star. He was just like in them, like A Christmas Carol and some other stuff, or, or Lemony Snicket. 
You know, things like that where it's not yeah. necessarily him. He's just kind of playing but, roles in them. But this was last, like this was the one of the ones that had really. him. Right. This is one of the last most uh, few that he's had recently where he is the star of the film, and it's 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 a lackluster opening. So I mean, I, right. it's it's definitive proof. Well, what I would uh, say is that in the last ten years has kind of been his time to enjoy all the boatloads of money he made with East Ventura and the like, uh, and then try to kind of stretch his wings and see how it goes. It never goes well, and then the person goes back to what they used to do, and then that's how you see if their stars are still around. You know, some people it is, doesn't seem like it is for him. You look at his, his, you know, the movies where he's actually been starring in them, like Fun with with Dick and Jane, or, or uh, you know, uh, I Love You, Philip Morris. Those movies aren't making any money. I mean, and they have him as the headliner, and he's he's they're just not doing anything. And this is another instance of, of that happening. Yeah. Uh, number four is X Men First Class. Uh, it brought in eleven point five million dollars this week. It's up to one hundred and twenty million dollars, which is the lowest of all the X Men movies uh, so far. It's it's just. You know, it's doing okay, but it's doing better overseas, where I think it's made about $160 million. It'll ultimately make money, but, you know, domestically it's struggling. Do you think uh, do you, do you think comics yeah. are more popular overseas or, or in America? Like, the comics always seem like, like, like one of those uh, apple pie type things, like baseball and, and well, apple pie. They, um, they were just to. like American, but... I used to think they were more popular here. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. Uh, yeah, I think, I really, uh, I think it's spread. Yeah, like, I think like you, you hear crazy stories like that, that guy in India that changed his name to Batman, then Superman, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. And that doesn't happen over here anymore. Um, and, and, I, and then you see the box office for these movies, and it's just like ridiculous over there. And it also makes me think like they can appreciate the the better movies uh, abroad than um, or the more the movies more depth abroad than, than we do here because X Men First Class is certainly one of those. I'd be curious to see how Green Lantern does overseas. Just just uh, just interested. Um, number number five is The Hangover Part Two. It is at two hundred thirty-three million dollars now. Uh, number six is Kung Fu Panda uh, Two, earning eight point seven million. It is up to one hundred forty-three million. Number seven is Bridesmaids, which con- continues to hold on very well. Uh, dropped about twenty-five percent this week. It's up to one hundred thirty-seven million dollars. So we're talking about a movie that nobody saw coming, really. That is going to do about uh, the same numbers as Knocked Up did. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's 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 a it's a landmark movie of its kind. I mean, it's 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 the it's the first that I can think of ensemble female comedic movie out there. I mean, usually you know the female comedians are, are that that are that famous are you know not all of that around, and they, they certainly aren't all headlining movies. So this is a, this is a, a benchmark movie, right? Um, Number eight is Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. It's uh, up to $220 million. Uh, number nine is Midnight in Paris, which had the smallest drop from last week, only dipping 10% from last week. Uh, that is a phenomenal hold from last week as the movie expands into more theaters. I'm very happy to see people going to see this film. And number ten is Judy Moody and the Not Bummer Summer, uh, our friend Josh Hilton's favorite movie of the year. Uh, it is up to eleven point two million dollars. I hope that was sarcasm. It was, but he's the only person okay, I know. I who, who, the movie. He's, <laughs> he's the only person I know who was really hyped to go see. Not hyped, but he was really interested in going to see it. So, uh, we should do the DVDs and then really breeze through the news because we still have to do our top five superheroes we want to see in a movie. And we've only got about 30 minutes left, so... All right. Uh, so let's, let's jump into... 
Yeah, let's roll into the DVDs. This is a big I mean, if you want, we don't too. even have to discuss the DVDs. We, we can just uh, list who's yeah. what's coming out. Yeah, uh, this is actually a really big week for DVDs. We got Unknown, which is the Liam Neeson, uh, January Jones film, where he loses his me- memory or something like that. Uh, it's such a forgettable film. I don't want to talk about my, it. I lost my memory of the movie, and I'm not upset about it. <laughs> uh, the big one for the week is The Adjustment Bureau. This is the film starring Matt Damon and Emily Blunt. One of my favorite movies of the year. I will certainly be talking about it next week on the show. Uh, I just thought this was a fantastic film from uh, George Nolfi, if I remember right, and we got to talk to him mm-hmm. briefly about it. Um, I thought this was great. I, I just adore this film. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the Eagle is coming out on DVD this week. Uh, that's the film starring Channing Tatum and Mark Strong, uh, dealing with the disappearance of the Legion of the Ninth, uh, which is a, a lot better than I ever thought it would be. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. I went to see it, I think, at 1 in the morning or something like that on a Thursday night uh, before it came out, and it kept me up. I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so you know, it, well, what's the other movie, the, the, the indie movie that, uh, that, or no, it was a British movie that came out that was kind of about the same thing? Oh, you know, um, you know what I'm talking about? Centurion? Yeah, Centurion. Like, it, it's it, it's kind of on par with that. Like, I, I didn't think either one was good or bad, but um, I, I, I didn't can't say I didn't have a good time watching it. Right. Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roderick Rules, is out on DVD. Uh, a, a decent sequel to the first film. I think the first film was better, but so far they're two for two in those Wimpy Kid movies. Uh, yeah, that joke, that joke, Baby Hippo, just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I'm going to mention a movie that's not new, but it's coming out on Blu-ray for the first time, and I'm definitely going to buy it. That is Michael Bay's The Island with uh, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. People despise this movie for whatever reason. I think it's a great action film. I am definitely going to get it on Blu-ray. I don't care what anybody you know, says. You know, that 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 one was before our time together here on this show. Yes. But um, that that would have been one of those ones that both of us probably would have thought the other one hated, um, and we ended up both <laughs> liking it. Cause I, I I I same thing. I was like, I don't understand how all these people are bashing this movie. This movie's good. I, don't get I like it. it. I don't get it. It has two distinct halves. I mean, one the first half is the slower half where they kind of build to the story, and then the second one is just all out action. I just did not, I did not get it. I liked it all. I, it was whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and another movie that I'm definitely going to buy is Cedar Rapids. That's coming out on DVD. This is the film starring Ed Helms as an insurance agent who goes to Cedar Rapids for this big uh, retreat getaway uh, company retreat and just goes buck wild. I gave this movie right. a three out of five when I saw it. A pun, How do you remember that? That was like January. A, a pun, well, because it's one of those movies that I, I've been remember, thinking about ever since I saw it. And I can't get those characters out of my head. So, I mean, I, if I could revisit my review, I would probably give it a three and a half at the very least. Uh, I think Ed Helms is so good in this, and so is Anne Hesh, and everybody else. And John C. Riley is fantastic. Uh, this one's a must-buy. I would say go to punchdrumcritics.com and pick up your copy now. Yes, don't go anywhere else. If you go to Amazon... For underwear, go through punchdrunkcritics.com. Yes. If you watch anything, you're on the site anyway checking stuff out, or at least you should be, and it helps exactly. us out a little bit. Exactly. The last one I'm going to mention is uh, Happy Thank You More, Please. This is the indie film from Josh Radner, the uh, star of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, basically, he plays a guy who uh, acquires an orphan kid while on the subway one day, and uh, hilarity, shady hilarity ensues. It's shady even in the film, to be honest, but they kind of make fun of it. Uh, have a little fun with it, but uh, you know it's a, it's a film that I thought was very good. Had a lot of strong performances. 
particularly by uh, Malin Ackerman uh, and, uh, and um, oh God, Kate Mara, who were very good. Uh, I had some issues with Josh Radner himself in the film, which is strange, considering he wrote and directed it. But uh, but I think this is a movie that a lot of people want to check out. All right. Well, uh, that'll do for our DVDs for the week, because I, I don't really have anything that's worth mentioning. If, uh, was, we still got a lot of, a lot of uh, ground to cover. Um, only thing I really want to talk about in news was uh, the movie Ironclad. Have you checked, you know, checked everything out on that? Uh, I haven't heard much about it lately. Did you hear something new? No, I just I, I just watched the trailer again and um and uh and it's it's on um instant right now on Verizon. So I I'm mm-hmm. really interested in checking it out because Paul Giamatti looks it looks worth it just for Giamatti alone, but we'll see. And then also the Conan uh trailer uh that just came out the red band, which you know, everybody gets all, all right. excited about the red bands. Um to me, I mean, yeah, it's cool to see a little bit of blood, but it's not something that's gonna blow me over. I, I I'm right. kinda going back and forth on Jason Momoa. Uh, as Conan, because number mm-hmm. one, I, nobody's going to, as bad as he was acting in it, nobody's going to fill Arnold's shoes. And number two, it, it, like, he, he almost looks, like when I first saw him in the role, I was like, he's too small, he doesn't fit it. And then I watched Game of Thrones. I saw him as Khal Drago, the, the leader of the right. barbarian right. Uh, kingdom. And he is badass. And mm-hmm. then I see him again in, in the Conan trailer, again after I've seen Game of Thrones, and I can see close-ups of his face. And I'm kind of disappointed because while he definitely could do the role, I don't think they've done him up right because he just he, he's too baby faced. Like he's too, he, he, they should have kept a goatee or something because he looks, he looks uh, too pretty boyish. I don't see that in the trailer though. They, he looks like he's pretty scowling and pretty tough. So I don't know. Uh, there's a few things that are big news that I want to mention uh, really fast. Um, Jamie Foxx is apparently the front runner. To play Django in Quentin Tarantino's next film, uh, Django Django Unchained, uh, looks like Jamie Foxx is taking the lead ahead of Idris Elba and uh, and Chris Tucker and Will Smith, who looks like he's not definitely not going to be in the film now. So it looks like it's going to be Jamie Foxx, but we're just waiting for confirmation on that. Uh, and if they don't confirm, Tarantino can keep our show piped with information for a weekly segment of who's going to star in Django. Exactly. Uh, we got we got the first image from American Reunion. This is the uh, fourth official film in the American Pie franchise. That's up on the site now. Um, uh, shoot, Russell Crowe is going to play Jor El, Superman's father, in Zack Snyder's uh, film Man of Steel. So he'll be playing the father to Henry Cavill in that movie, uh, taking on the role that Marlon Brando played in uh, the Richard Donner film from 1979. Uh, which I think is a, a good deal. I think that's a great pick. Uh, the, you need an A-list star to kind of play, take on that role. He doesn't have to hang around long or anything like that. I think that's a good mm-hmm. that's a good get. I you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I yes and no. I, I, I it's not who I would imagine for the role, but I, I it's one of those things where I really have to see him because if you told me that the Godfather was going to be Superman's dad, I, I wouldn't have bought that either. Um, but now it's iconic, <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll just have to wait and see how it turns out for that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the other big news, the last thing I want to mention is that James Mangold is going to be the guy to direct The Wolverine. Uh, he took over after Darren Aronofsky dropped out a few months ago. Uh, there was a list of eight candidates to take on the job of uh, directing the sequel, and it's going to be James Mangold. Uh, his last film was Night and Day, uh, the Tom Cruise Cameron Diaz flick that nobody liked. Um 
But he's, he is, he's actually a really solid director. I actually like James Mangold quite a bit. He did the remake of 310 to Yuma a couple years ago with, with Russell Crowe and Ben Foster and Christian Bale. Uh, he did awesome. Girl in- It's a very good film. Uh, Girl Interrupted. And he also uh, directed Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix, which is just a fantastic film. Uh, so I like James Mangold for that job. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. All right. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of disagreeing at that last point. I, I will not lie there because I'm re-going over my list um, that Travis had the awesome idea to put together our list of comic book characters that need a movie still. Uh, or that should be made into a movie. Um, and I'm, I don't even know why I'm trying to organize my list, because I don't think we've ever done top ten, at least in the last year, where mine were in any numeric or of, <laughs> uh, of any value. Um, right. So... I'm I'm reading mine out of order as well, so I mean it doesn't matter to me. Uh, but basically, what we're doing is we're doing our top five uh, superheroes, comic book characters that we really want to see get their own movie. Uh, and we have to do this now because if we wait another year to another summer to do this, there may not be any comic book characters left except for Archie, and I'm not right. him in a superhero movie. Right. <laughs> so I'll start off with my first one, and that is the Suicide Squad. Uh, this is a group of characters from uh, from DC Comics who are basically uh, bad guys who are recruited by the government to take on missions that nobody else can handle. Think of them as the, like the villainous A-team or something like that, mm-hmm. or the Dirty Dozen. Think of them as that. And they're, they're basically just a bunch of really hardened thugs who are, who are uh, with superpowers who take on these jobs. And one of the cool things about it that will make Suicide Squad so good, besides the fact that you could get a large cast together uh, to do this, a lot of na- known faces to be in it, is that we've already seen their boss in a movie, and that's Amanda Waller, who, pl- who was played by Angela Bassett in Green Lantern. Uh, she runs the Suicide Squad. She's a lot more dirty and dastardly than she was portrayed in Green Lantern. And she is just awful to these characters in the Suicide Squad comics. So I think that would be a fantastic film. Just think of it as Inglorious Bastards with superheroes. It would be with supervillains. And that is just that is exactly what this movie would be. Yeah, I I I can't knock that one at all because it, it's and it's kind of exactly what today's audience is like, uh, as opposed to Green Lantern, who is a little bit out there and he's a little bit, you know. Well, he wasn't goody two shoes, goody two shoes this in the movie, but you know he's not he's not doesn't have that grit that people are longing for. I mean, Tim Burton Superman doesn't work in the in movie theaters these days. Uh, right. uh, although the new Superman with his cool uh, Wrangler jeans and uh, work boots, you know who knows. Um, but yeah, I mean that's I mean it's that's just a, it's to me it's something like given. I don't know how that's not already been a January, February, March movie anyway. But you know. Um, <laughs> My number ten is uh, somebody that's kind of unlikely. I'm an unlikely fan of, and that's Booster Gold. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he's part of the Justice League and all that stuff. Uh, he's just I don't know why I like. I just always really, like, really dug this dude ever since I was, ever since uh, Death of Superman is when I I first uh, you know encountered him, and then um, mm-hmm. through, from there like the Justice League cartoons that I was a big fan of. Uh, he was in every once in a while. He's just a really cool character. I don't know how they would translate him because uh, he is one of those characters that's a little bit hard to would would be like Green Lantern a little bit to put on. They have to definitely change his outfit. But uh, uh, Booster Gold would be my number ten. I don't have that much more to say. That's why he's number ten. 
You're doing your top ten? Oh, I can do five. It was five. I was wondering how we were going to ten in this in the show. No, it was well, yeah, it was it was five, not ten. Together it's ten. <laughs> well, yeah, together it's ten. No, Booster Gold's a great pick, actually. Uh, you could kind of do him as a, a kind of a, a time bandit sort of thing. I don't know. You could. You, there's a lot of things you could do with him because he's a he's a comedic character a lot of the time. But I mean, yeah, this is uh, more of a Ryan Reynolds role than Green Lantern, if you ask me. I, I actually think that might that's that's actually a good point. I think you're right about that. Uh, he would be better as that as than he is in the Green Lantern. I could see somebody like, you know, you know who would make a great Booster Gold? Nathan Fillion. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you're, I, I laugh for two reasons because number one, you're right, and number two, he is the name that's most said when people say, you know, who would be great for that role? <laughs> exactly, and, 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 and you know what? You know what else? Role, like, he, never, he never, he never gets those roles either. No, he never. That's because that's why you, you never heard us say it before. Because it, the only people that you hear saying that are the uh, the um, Firefly super fans that are uh, you know in love with the guy. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So my my next pick is the Power Pack. Uh, Power Pack is actually the first comic I ever had. I ever bought was I think in 1985, and. It starred the Power Pack, and it was a it was an issue of Uncanny X Men. I think it was Uncanny X Men number one ninety five, and it had Wolverine holding up his claws, about to stab this this child, and I was like, "What the hell?" And I and that's when I bought it because of that. And the kid was a member of Power Pack, who are this foursome of of kids, brothers and sisters, their siblings, um, who get their powers from these aliens and. You know, and they go on their little adventures. But one of the cool things about Power Pack that I think was standing out from others is that their their comic always dealt with like really harsh themes. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. uh, after school special type stuff. And I think that could mm-hmm. translate well nowadays. And also, they kept their identity secret from their parents, which I always think is one of those things that makes superheroes cool. Is that nobody knows yeah. who they are. And I think we've kind of gotten away from that now because everybody everybody knows who all the Marvel characters are. You know, there's no there's no real mystery to them anymore. Everybody knows who Tony Stark is. Everybody knows who the yeah. Hulk is. Everybody knows who he's, everybody knows who Spider Man is now. It seems like it's no it's no it's no big deal, you know. And that yeah. stuff kind of bothered me. But Power Pack kept that secret from their own parents, which which created an interesting dynamic. So I, I would like to see Power Pack get their own uh, get the movie. I was gonna, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna reference it again or go back to it again, but now I have to because that was uh, one of my other main problems with Green Lantern is how flimsy he was with his new superhero powers. He just, he might as well take it out a billboard on Times Square and said, "Hey, I'm Green Lantern." Yeah. But well, at least anyway, I, I did think it was cool the way they toyed with this for a second. We thought it was gonna be one of those Superman Clark Kent things. Where it's like, how yeah. the hell do you not recognize that that's him? You know, and they didn't yeah. do they didn't do that. They they decided to be real and <laughs> and they kind of made fun of it a little bit. Yeah, but that was um, funny. there's uh, there's a lot. There's, this list was actually really hard for me because I like when we're we're talking about uh, comic characters that should have their own movie. I mean, there there's plenty of comic characters that I would like to see in a movie, but have their mm-hmm. own movie. That's a different well. story. Um. One person that I that I cannot believe the movie has not been made yet is Luke Cage. Um, one of my favorite '70s era it's heroes. It's coming. Um, it's coming. Yeah, it's it, it's is it, in, is it being shot yet? Because it's been no, it's not. It's years. not, but yeah, it's it's coming. It, don't worry, it, it's yeah. definitely. I mean, coming. this is one of those ones that's on the horizon. 
And uh, you say that like you've got some inside information you haven't shared with me. Because um, there's but, been too much, there's been too much talk about it. Uh, they, mm-hmm. You don't get that much talk about anything unless it's actually happening. Uh, that, that's that's one thing I've learned during this whole thing is that if, when people start talking about something a lot, it's because it's happening. It's not because it's just a bunch of people want it. It's actually something's actually going on. Yeah, I mean, there, well, there's so many reasons to make it. He, he's a he's a deep character. He's a, he's a he's a fun character. He's he's going to be awesome to watch. And I mean, even if nothing else, who was the last uh, African American superhero we had? Blade. Yeah. I mean, I I, I that, that, that's 15 fucking years ago now. And uh, you know, there's there's so many leading men in Hollywood that could play this role. I mean, just look at the uh, one ups for Django Unchained, and half those guys could probably play uh, Luke Cage except for Will Smith. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, Luke Cage is my next is, is my next movie that I have to see. And that's that's really my number one pick, but I I'm just I couldn't wait to say it. So yeah, that's a good pick. I, I definitely want to see a Luke Cage film too. He's on my honorable mentions list. Let's put it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, my next pick is is another African American superhero, and that is Black Panther. This is another one that is definitely happening. Uh, I've already heard people talking about who who could be cast in in the role. Um, Black Panther is basically he's he's he. he the way he's originally portrayed, and he's still portrayed to some degree, is he's the king of Wakanda, this African nation, and they're this, the one place where you can get this rare metal called uh, uh, vibranium. It's the stuff that Captain America's shield is made out of, and it def- deflects sound or something like that. And it, he's basically the most powerful man in the world because of that. But he's also, but his character, released recently, has been updated where a lot of the vibranium has been used to like outfit him with all these gadgets and stuff, and he's basically like a like an African American Batman, you know. And mm-hmm. it's really really cool the way they did that, the way they updated him that way. Uh, he's an adventurer, he's a hand to hand combatant uh, of first level degree, and like I said, he's he's kind of like he's kind of like Batman on a global scale. Uh, so I think Black Panther could be an amazing franchise character. If done correctly, I mean, you can do on any number of things. You could do a political stories with them. You could do grand adventure stories. You can even do gritty urban stories because they went through a phase where he was stuck here in America and had to live in a, I believe it was Harlem or something like that. I can't remember where. But uh, you know, no, it worked. So the, it worked. the African prince comes to Harlem. The Eddie Murphy oh, movie and uh... <laughs> it might not have been Harlem. I think it was another area. But it, but it, whatever it was. It worked really well. You can do any number of things with Black Panther. So uh, I think that would be a, a, a fantastic film. Yeah, and if you need any proof, um, I don't remember exactly which one, but uh, one of the – was um, blank, and he's DC or Marvel. Was he Justice League or uh, – yeah, Justice League, right? Who? Yeah, what? whatever. What is, Black Panther, he's in the Justice League universe, right? Not Justice no. League, Avengers. Universe. Avengers? Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Ultimate Avengers yeah. 2. Or Ultimate Avengers 1 or 2, the cartoon movie – uh, it's centered mainly around him, so and it's a great story in 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 cartoon form. So they could even just adapt that. Um, I mean, you remember back in the day they were talking about what, what Wesley Snipes was supposed to play him in a movie and all that shit fell he, yeah, through. He's been he's been uh, that's that's been like his uh, his, his, his yeah. not dream role, but his, the, the one he's been trying to get to happen since Blade, basically. Because yep. every time it comes up, he's trying to get that movie made. Yeah, um, and and Iron Man two, uh, Wakanda shows up on a map in uh, Iron Man two, and that got everybody all riled up. Oh, they're gonna do a Black Panther movie, so you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, you're up. I, I'm gonna do a, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a run through of the honorable mentions because there's too many people that I like. Um, <laughs> my next one will be uh, 
He, he would need an outfit update. There's no doubt about that. But Iron Fist, I mean, there's so oh, yeah. much. I mean, even if it's not going to there's, – there's no rule that says every comic book movie has to be a major blockbuster. This can be a January through March martial mm-hmm. arts movie. And it doesn't have yep. to you know, tie in with everything, everything like that. And I think it would, it would be awesome to see, as long as he's not wearing the green and yellow. No, or I agree. Different fashion. I, I love mm-hmm. Iron Fist. And I actually love that green and yellow costume. I know a lot of people hate on it now because it's, it's, it's dated. But I think you make only a couple small tweaks, and it works just fine nowadays. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was cool in the in the comics. I, even still, I think it was cool in the comics. But I, I think uh, it, it, if you try to make that, with scene, obviously they're going to make tweaks to it. But um, you know, if you try to put that on right on screen like that with his his, his 70s uh, chest hair showing in the shape of a bird, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a little different. But Iron yep. Fist, my next one. That's a good pick. In fact, you could do uh, Power Man and Iron Fist and have him and Luke Cage uh, team up the way they did for yeah. so many years. And he's actually the, the, I actually included both Iron Fist and Luke Cage, and the other team up that I was going to include Booster Gold and Beetle uh, or Blue Beetle. Um, I, I left Beetle off the list because I was never really a huge fan of his. He's just a, another low rate Batman. My number two is uh, Hitman, who's a DC Comics character, uh, kind of an unknown DC Comics character. Not AC forty seven. Huh. No, I, I'm just clarifying. It's not Agent Forty Seven from the video games. No, the, uh, no, it's not him. Yeah, he's the character. He's a character in the DC universe uh, named Tommy Monaghan. Uh, they call him Hitman. He's basically a contract killer who uh, who goes off and hunts other superheroes. Uh, was one of the reasons why I liked his comics so much is that it was very funny. It was really deeply rooted in the DC universe and and all the big storylines that were going on at the time. But his character always kind of stood outside of the superhero norm, which which mm-hmm. would make sense because he was out there trying to kill most of them. But uh, that stuff like that was always funny to me. I don't know how they could possibly pull a movie like that off, but if they could ever find a way to get some big-name DC Comics characters in the movie with him and have him hunt mm-hmm. them down, it would be fantastic. I just think it would well, be it, awesome. If they could only see the value in that, that uh, you know how much people do like the anti-hero or, or the straight-up bad guy, whatever you want to call it, um, and they take all those second- and third-tier guys that they're planning on wasting a, a movie on and just dump in that and get them killed. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that would be a better use. Agreed. Um, next for me is is something that would be a, uh, not one of these big blockbusters, but um, more of a, a an underground-type deal uh, is Preacher. Uh, one of one of my favorite comics, um, graphic novel mm-hmm. type comics. You know, the, the not something that I, I read a long time, but you know, when I read it. It was it was it left an impression. I always liked Preacher. I thought it was a compelling story. I thought it was a great um, <clears throat> a great character. And I hadn't read him in a, in a long, long time. And then uh, I, so I was kind of confused when Priest came out, and I thought it was Preacher because it's the same kind of name. But uh, I, I read it myself real quick when I first saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be in the works now. I think Sam Mendes is going to be directing it, if I remember right. I, I, my information could be dated, but I think Sam Mendes is still attached to that film whenever it gets made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I would I, expect to see a preacher film sooner rather than later. Apparently, I really suck at picking characters that aren't in movies yet because every single person I've named apparently is already in production. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 
yeah, at least I'm, I'm, I'm that good matter. at predicting uh, the future. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Uh, my number one pick is a character who will never, ever have a movie. He'll probably never, ever show up in a movie. But he's always been my favorite X-Man of all time, so I would kill to see a movie with him in it. And that is Longshot. Uh, Longshot mm. is a member of the X-Men. He was in there around the time uh, X-Men 220 through 250, somewhere around that, uh, back in the heart of the Chris Claremont years. And he's a character from outer space who's uh, basically he comes to Earth and he has these powers that give him extreme good luck. Anything that could happen for him does happen. Uh, and, he, and he also has a way with women, too. But basically, he'd be um, he's like a mutant amongst mutants. He was considered a mm-hmm. mutant on his home planet. And here on Earth, he's not uh, technically uh, one of our mutants. He's Like I said, he's kind of a mutant outside of a mutant. It'd be one of those... He's alien on a mutant. He'd be, it'd be one of those stranger in a strange land type of deals. But I like mm-hmm. stories like that. And I think you throw in uh, the X-Men... Uh, mutants and all types of other stuff in there, superpowers, and you got yourself a potentially great film. Uh, I love Longshot as a character. I think he's a lot of fun. The good luck thing, I think, is something that can really work well on screen. I, it's just one of those things I, I would love to see happen. It never will, though. It just never will. No, I, 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 it's a shame though because I mean that the the fish out of water thing that you know, especially among mutants that you're talking about. It would be a complete twist on that because every single movie we've ever seen that's got somebody in a strange place, they are always, they're always going to be awkward. If you got if you got luck like Longshot, you, you, why you're never going to be awkward. You're going to be cocky, and it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how that will play out. Um, thing my, is, he's, my, never, my, he's never cocky though. That's okay. one of the things I liked about him is that he was never cocky. His good luck was just one of those things that happened. He just kind of always took it in stride, but he's never cocky. That's one of the things I like. Right, well, I, I it's guess really I, easy I just meant more on the side cocky than awkward. Uh, but, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, my last pick is kind of a cop-out, but not really, if you know the character. Because <laughs> if you know the character, you, you probably know who I'm talking about. If you know the character, he's never actually been on screen. I don't care what X-Men Origins Wolverine says. Um, and now that Punisher is probably never going to appear on screen again, he's the closest I get to it. And that's Deadpool. Uh, he is... They, I, I'm still disgusted by the fact that they named somebody that wore red the same name in that other movie that I just talked about uh, and disgraced his name because Deadpool is a character that's just made for movies. I mean, he's – and, you know, we're talking about Booster Gold for uh, – it was funny that Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool in Wolverine because had they not sewed his mouth shut, it, mm. Deadpool in the first half of it would have been the perfect Deadpool for the whole thing. Yeah. You know, he, and, and they completely – they said, what's the coolest thing about this guy? Oh, oh, you know, smart asses, and, and it was maybe let's just turn him into a zombie and make make him give him Baraka claws. Um, right. So if you ask me, he was never in a movie. Uh, so an action movie with Deadpool mask on, completely separated from everything else. That's what I want to see. Um, yep. Real, real quick. Uh, yeah, and we, that's another we, one we're gonna see. We're gonna see another. We're gonna see that one pretty soon too, with Ryan Reynolds starring in it. So it's another one that's on the horizon. It looks. Okay. Looks well, sick. you know what? I want you to say that for this one. Uh, I, I need to just let me run through my, um, my my wish list real quick. Um, the one person I know, you know, you said you, you never see Longshot. I think it's a, a better shot for Longshot to be in a movie than this guy, even as a uh, cameo, even though he's an integral part of major teams that we're going to see, and that's Martian Manhunter. I would love to see him cameo, you know, have a, have a background, you know, in the next Superman movie, have just like a, a, a five-minute scene or something. I, I just I think he's such a cool character. 
and and the if, way he got if the Justice League movie happens, he'll be in it. I just, guaranteed. I, guaranteed. I, I never see that happening. I, I just Guaran- I don't know how guaranteed he'll be in it. it no, I, I if if a Justice League movie happens, yeah, but there's there's no way. It, I mean, I guess if you reboot Batman and change him up, and and you know, who's to say with all the reboots this shit going on? But then that's also on the success of the next Superman movie. There's so many variables there. Who knows? Uh, I had a couple of others, but the last one I'll see is, is not really a character, more a storyline, and that's the OMAC project. I would like to see that on screen. I think that would be cool. You'd like, you'd like to see what? The OMAC project, or OMAC, what do you want to call it? Oh, the OMAC project? Yeah. That would be interesting. With the, yeah, I, I just I, I thought that was really cool. I liked all the, the intrigue and the uh, espionage-type stuff and the backstabbing, and then the robots themselves were cool, and, uh, you know, Batman. It, it, it's kind of that scene that side of Batman that we saw in The Dark Knight. That's kind of a takeoff of it, really, in The Dark Knight when he has the uh, sonar and everybody and uh, Lucius tells him that it's wrong. You know, that's kind of where Batman's at in the OMAC Project storyline where, you know, he's helping people spy on the superheroes and stuff like that and it comes out. Right. Um, I won't get too far into that. Uh, yep. You know you know who's on everybody's list is Lobo, still. even Didn't he have a TV uh, show or something years ago? Lobos. I think they were. I think they tried it out. I don't think it fit took off or anything. I, yeah. I I could care less about Lobo. I don't know. I I never really understood the fascination with Lobo. Uh, I guess he's sort of like DC's uh, Deadpool. Or better yet, Deadpool was sort of like Marvel's Lobo. But either way, I have no interest in the Lobo movie. No. And it's kind of like Deadpool and uh, Spawn had a kid. And that was over right. here. Right. Um, it doesn't work. Yeah. He was like, de- he was like Deadpool and... Deadpool and Wolverine mixed, and I just was not interested at all. Right. Yeah. I, 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 to me, it would just seem like the person that was trendy to be trendy, but whatever. Uh, yeah. And then Green Arrow, but not Green Arrow from the comics. I, I actually like to take Smallville did, the Batman-esque, the Batman substitute Green Arrow. Um, but uh, well, that's pretty much what Green Arrow was in the comics, but he just looked cooler in the uh, show. Um, and that's all the time I'm going to waste of everybody's tonight battling yeah. on. We've only got about five minutes left anyway, so we might as well wrap up the show. Uh, next week is going to be a very fun episode. It is, like I said earlier, it is our best of the year so far show. We do it every year. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, our friend Nell Menno from BeliefNet, uh, the movie mom herself, uh, and our good buddy Tim Gordon, who called in earlier with his Green Lantern thoughts. Uh, so that will be a great show. We'll also have reviews of uh, Horrible Bosses, which is the film starring uh uh, Jason Bateman and Jennifer Aniston and Colin Farrell and Kevin Spacey and a bunch of other folks and and also uh, Pixar's Cars 2 which I, I can't got wait to for see Marvel, I got to see Cars 2 over the weekend and I can't wait to talk about it uh, and I can't wait for Horrible Bosses too so. I can't um, believe you drove to Silver Spring from from, uh, from the place you moved to and that early well, you get up early anyway though honestly one thing I've realized is that this place isn't as far away from everything as I thought it was so. Oh no no! Once once you do it uh, twice, it doesn't seem as far. But Silver Spring, uh, uh, that's far for me. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't far at all. We can hop on the GW Parkway and we'll be in DC in 40 minutes. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, in your city directions. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, bosses looks great. I, I'm looking forward does. to it, and we'll have our best of the year next week. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good time. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. So as always, join us here next week. But don't forget. Head over to the site. I don't know if there's still time. Head over to the site right now. Get your Attack of the Block passes for tomorrow night. And, Kevin, did we announce the other thing? Yeah, we did. 
Um, keep keep, yes. uh, keep an eye out for that transformer screening tomorrow. Tomorrow mm-hmm. we're going to try to have the uh, have the, the the post up on the site for the tra- uh, Transformers three uh, passes. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on the site for that. And you can talk all the shit you want. You know you still want to see it. So make sure you get exactly. to the site and we'll get you there early. Exactly. Uh, all right. So that that pretty much wraps up the show. Uh, uh, you can find us on Facebook, of course, Punch Drunk Critics. Uh, of course, go to punchdrunkcritics.com for the news that we both find worthy of talking about. Um, you can find me on He's being Twitter. He finds the news. <laughs> you, can find, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Punchy Critic. And John, you are at Punch Drunk John. I see you've been retweeting and stuff like that a lot more lately. It's very good. Yeah, is it, well, is it good? I was thinking about the other day. Like, I, I didn't tweet anything. I just, I like, this is kind of like almost like insulting for me. Just all I do is retweet your stuff. Like, that's extra lazy. It's better than nothing, though. I uh, bet yeah, you, got, I bet you has gotten you, I bet you has gotten you a few followers too, hasn't it? Retweeting your your stuff. Oh yeah. Hey, well, you're playing seventy-five now. At Punchy Critic, I might have four hundred like you do. <laughs> you know what came out on DVD this week? That and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm really, uh, with like two minutes left, I'm jumping into something we already talked about. But you know what came out huh? on DVD this week that I know you want to see? What? Electrolux. Is that movie with Justin oh, Gordon Levitt and Carla Gugino and all those other folks in it? Yeah, is there like porn stars or something it, like that? It comes out. It comes out. It comes out uh, Tuesday. No shit. I thought I, I, that's that's one of those movies that I was really looking forward to and told you the theatrical release and then forgot completely about. I know that's why I've been, um, we got ninety seconds, but I, I knew you wanted to see it and I didn't want you to miss it, so I thought I'd bring it up. Okay, and, uh, I yep. appreciate it. Uh, we have a question from critics. www.punchfromcritics.com. I'm Travis. I do the rest. I'm John. I'm Travis. And we are out. We're out. I'm not great at prayer. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.